Well, it's always an exciting time when um, Brian or John call and ask me to come and speak. Um, we're recording this, but um, so if my church hears it, that's okay. But this is one of my favorite places to preach and bring the word. And I was trying to figure out why I get so excited um, towards the end of this week about coming to Sonship. Because um, it happens every single time I'm invited. Um, and as I just kind of you know, communicated with God um, in prayer and just you know, reflection... Um, I was led to a scripture where Jesus is talking to a woman and he says, Soon a day is coming where you will worship in spirit and in truth. Every time I walk into this place, that is what happens. In this building, you worship in spirit and in truth. And that is a testimony unto God alone and the work he is doing in your midst. So praise the Lord for Sonship Ministries. This morning, or this morning, this afternoon... Uh, I'm going to be speaking on the crucifixion. Our text is going to be John 19. We're going to read verses 17 through 30. And the title of this message is called The Light in the Darkness. I'll be reading from the ESV. and reading in the name of our Lord. So they took Jesus and he went out. Bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side. And Jesus was between them. Pilate also wrote on an inscription and put it on the cross. The inscription read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But rather, this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and they divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, and also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but let's cast lots for it and see whose it shall be. And this was to fulfill... The scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to be his own. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said this to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine... He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head 
and gave up his spirit. Our Father in heaven, as we look at a familiar text, let us find comfort and hope and peace and rest by seeing the light in the darkness. We pray these things in your name this afternoon. Amen. The captain of a ship looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. Afraid of a collision at sea, the captain immediately told his signalman to send a message. Alter your course 10 degrees north. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees south. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon, another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a seaman third class Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear that it would invoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then the reply came. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. In moments of darkness, our human eyes often cannot see what's right in front of us. In moments of darkness, our eyes and our mind and our heart cannot properly understand what is happening right before us. The darkness of the fog in the night blinded the captain of the battleship from seeing that the light in front of him was not another ship that could alter its course or move out of the way to stop a collision. The darkness and fog of the moment blinded the captain from seeing that the lighthouse in front of him was on land. And without him moving, he would surely find himself in a place of destruction. It would wreak havoc on his ship and possibly take his life. The darkness and fog of the moment blinded the captain from hearing the instructions from the lighthouse as good news that would save his life. I'm going to say that again. The darkness and fog of the moment blinded the captain of the ship from hearing the good news from the lighthouse that would save his life. Alter your ship 10 degrees south. The darkness overwhelmed the captain and he misjudged the light in front of him as bad news of destruction and death. The darkness and fog of the moment of Jesus' crucifixion blinded those that were there. The guards, the soldiers, 
the people walking by, the rulers, Jesus' family and friends, his disciples, that the darkness of the moment of crucifixion blinded them from seeing Jesus' death on the cross as good news that would save lives. What I'm going to do for the next couple of minutes is talk about the darkness of the crucifixion, and then we're going to move and talk about the light of the cross. Crucifixion was a death like no other. When I talk about the crucifixion, I I often share this fact, that the pain experienced in the crucifixion was so severe and indescribable that they actually had to invent a new word to describe the pain that Jesus and others experienced on the cross. The word that was developed to, to, to describe the pain was excrucio, out of the cross. We would say excruciating. What happened on the cross was like nothing else to the point that they had to invent a word in the human language to describe what happened. Nothing could describe it. Crucifixion was not something that was foreign in Jesus' day. It was not something that was unheard of. It was a standard practice for the Romans. It was a means to an end. Crucifixion brought death. Death for the worst, most vilest offenders. Seeing people hung on crosses was, again, nothing that would shock, shock you or bring awe upon your face. It was something you would see walking in and out of the city. It was terrible, but it was standard practice. The darkness of Jesus' crucifixion blinded those on that day without faith from seeing and understanding the work that God was doing right in front of them. Let's take a look at how the darkness of the crucifixion blinded several of the witnesses that day. Before I move on, I'm just going to give a a, a quick preface to this. Um, Our main text today, our text proper, was from the Gospel of John. Um, We look at some of the other Gospels, Luke, um, Matthew, I'll be using, to kind of fill out the story a little bit. To fill out what was going on, what people were thinking, what people were saying. We have multiple authors of of Gospel accounts for that purpose. Because as the events unfold, it's like reading a history textbook. One author will kind of highlight one point, another author will highlight another point. Some will put in these facts, some will put in those facts. But it's all true, it doesn't contradict They don't contradict one another, but it helps us get a a larger, fuller picture of what happened on that day. So let's take a look at how the darkness of the crucifixion blinded several, several of the witnesses. The first one I want to look at is the guards and the soldiers. In Luke 23, 36 to 37, we read this. The soldiers mocked Jesus. The soldiers came up and offered him sour wine, saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. On that day, outside the city, on that hill, the soldiers and the guards watching Jesus 
helping hang him on the cross, looked at the event and said, this is awful, this is terrible. God would have no part in this. If you are the king of the Jews, if you're God, stop this. Why would God be humiliated in this way? They were blind. All they saw was the darkness. They smelt the blood and the sweat. They saw the tears. They heard the weeping. And they just saw the darkness of the crucifixion. Just another guy who's in his life today. It's terrible. It's awful. But it's life. Matthew 27, 44 we hear this about the criminals and the robbers that were being hung with Jesus. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. So those hanging on the crosses to his right and to his left, those waiting in line to be hung next, reviled, mocked, made fun of Jesus. It was just another dark moment for them. Their turn was coming. They were next. Just the crucifixion. It's another guy losing his life. The Jews, we are told in Matthew 27, 41 to 43, we're told that the Jews saw the darkness and only the darkness of the crucifixion. We read this. So also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked Jesus saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and then we'll believe in him. He trusts in God Let God deliver him now. If God desires him, let God deliver him now. For Jesus said, I am the son of God. The Jews saw the darkness of the crucifixion. Jesus is getting what was coming to him. He was blaspheming. He was saying he was the son of God. He was saying he was the Messiah. He was forgiving people's sins with his speech. What's going on here? On this hill. Is right. Take his life. Blasphemer. The people who were walking by in and out of the city. We are told in Matthew 27, 39 and 40, that the people just walking by, going about their daily business, that's what happened. The crosses were right outside the city gates and you walked by and you looked at them and it was supposed to detract you from becoming a criminal or or going against the government. The people who passed by derided Jesus wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from that cross. 
If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. The people, the average Joes, were blinded to the light of the cross and only saw the darkness of the crucifixion. Paul describes the situation like this in 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The Jews, the, the average Joes walking by, the guards, the soldiers, the criminals, the robbers, were blinded. They were perishing What was going on was folly. It was nonsense. God would have no part in this. God's not weak. God is strong. God's a warrior. God's a fighter. God is victorious. God doesn't die. They saw the darkness of the crucifixion. And that's all they saw. A possible good man, but most likely not, being punished for his crimes against humanity and the government, the religious leaders. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. And that is where the light comes in, in the darkness. You see, there is darkness in crucifixion. Like I said, there's, there's blood, and there's sweat, and there's tears, and there's weeping, and there's crying, and there's mocking. It stinks. It's hot. darkness. It's dark. It's a dark day. But us who are being saved, the word of the cross is the power unto God for salvation. There is light in that darkness. There is light in the darkness of the moment. When God takes the scales off your eyes and your heart and you see what is going on, you say, yes, God is on the cross. And there's no other place that God would rather be than on the cross for you. There is light. There is light in the darkness of the crucifixion. And that's what we're going to look at now. You know, for years, for years, I grew up in the church, but I didn't know who Jesus was. When I was 16 or 17, I I ended up in a youth group. And and through the, the love of Christ that was shared with me in thought, in word, in deed, opened my eyes and I went from seeing the darkness of the crucifixion this guy dying to seeing my savior my savior paying the price the debt that my sin created I saw the light I saw the rejoicing that happened in heaven on that day God has adopted us as his children through the forgiveness on the cross For years, I saw the darkness of the crucifixion, but I was blind to the light of the cross. 
But God, in his infinite mercy, reached down into my life and opened my eyes wide. said, yeah, it's dark. But that light outshines the darkness that is there. This is how Paul describes the light of God's love that shines through the cross of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 13 to 15, Paul writing to the Christians, the church in the city of Colossus, he says this about the light of God's love that shines through the cross of Jesus. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of our debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. God made us alive on the cross. Through death, he brought life. In the dark moments of pain and suffering, and suffocation. The light of the love of God shined brightly through Jesus onto the men performing the execution. I'm going to say that again. Even in the dark moments of pain, suffering, and suffocation, the light of the love of God shined, shone through Jesus onto the men who were performing the crucifixion. Look at this, Luke 23:34. The light shone on the shoulders, on the soldiers. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God was pouring out forgiveness through Jesus onto the very men that were crucifying him without ever finding guilt in him. They saw darkness. They saw darkness. But Jesus shone light on them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. In words proclaiming the good news of God's grace and mercy, Jesus forgives those who are executing him without the proper proof of guilt. Even in the dark moments of pain, suffering, and suffocation, the light of the love of God shone through Jesus brightly onto the robber who was being punished for his law-breaking. Jesus shone light on one of the criminals. Luke 23, 43. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In words proclaiming the good news of God's grace and mercy, Jesus forgives the one who has been disobedient to the law and gives him hope of eternal life in God's kingdom. A light in the darkness. Even in those dark, dark moments of pain, suffering, and suffocation, the light of the love of God shined brightly through Jesus unto Mary, his mother, who was grieving the brutal and humiliating death of her son. He's struggling to breathe as the crucifixion is taking its toll. And he looks 
and he sees his mother's heartache. I'm losing my son. What does he do? Care for her. Without Jesus, she doesn't have a provider. She doesn't have someone to take care of her. So in those moments of darkness where Jesus is hanging on the cross, he looks and says, John, take care of my mom. Take care of my mom, John. He has this incredible care and compassion in the darkness of the crucifixion. The light of the cross is shining through. In words proclaiming the good news of God's grace and mercy, Jesus had compassion on the one who was grieving and mourning the loss of a loved one and makes sure she will be properly cared for after his death. Even in the dark moments of pain, suffering, and suffocation, the light of the love of God shined brightly through Jesus onto one of the guards who was guilty of watching and allowing an innocent man to die. Matthew 27, 54, the centurion watching the, the crucifixion proclaims this, truly this is the Son of God. In the darkness of the crucifixion, God opened his eyes to proclaim the truth of his Savior before him. In the dark moments of pain, suffering, and suffocation, the light of the love of God shined brightly through Jesus onto humanity who looked down upon him, mocked him, and did not believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus says to the people, It is finished. Jesus proclaims from the cross words of good news, words of grace, words of mercy, words of forgiveness to those who have been disobedient to God's law and gives them hope of eternal life in God's kingdom. It is finished. And here this afternoon, God's light is shining on you. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The cross is the great equalizer of humanity. At the cross of Jesus Christ, we are all stripped naked before God and have to give him an account of the life we lived. It is the great equalizer of humanity. There is either faith or there is disbelief. With disbelief... The crucifixion is darkness, just more darkness in a dark world. With faith, the cross is the light of God upon us. You know, I'm not that, that old, but even in the, the short life God has given me so far, there's been a lot of darkness. A lot of darkness in the short life I've had. Cancer, miscarriages with my wife, 
But in all of that darkness, I can confidently say that all God kept saying to me was, I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. That's what God was saying from the cross. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Look at the goodness. Look at the mercy and the grace and the bright light of Jesus' death. And that's the hope we have. In death, the darkness of death, there is the light of life for us who believe. I stand here this afternoon confident, knowing that the account of my sinful and sin-filled life has been washed away by the spotless and blameless and perfectly obedient Jesus. And on the cross, it has been credited to me as righteousness. In God's eyes, I am no longer a lawbreaker. In God's eyes, I am a law keeper. That's what happens on the cross in your faith. You are united with Christ. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see Fred anymore. He sees Jesus. Jesus' life is my life. Jesus' death is my death. Jesus' resurrection is my resurrection. I stand here this morning confidently proclaiming with the centurion, truly, this is the Son of God. I stand here confidently proclaiming with Paul that I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I stand here confidently at the cross of Jesus Christ, singing a new song with the multitudes in the heaven, giving testimony that worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. In sin, in sin, The darkness of the crucifixion blinds you from seeing the light of the cross. In sin, you are a slave, you are dead, and dead men don't see. In sin, the darkness of the crucifixion blinds you. You are blinded from seeing the light of the cross in front of you. But Jesus proclaims to you through the cross that the darkness of sin and death does not define you any longer. It is finished. Through the cross of Jesus, the light of God's forgiveness and acceptance now defines you. Sin, death, destruction no longer define you. In the cross, in the light of the cross, God's forgiveness and acceptance now define you. This afternoon, stand confident and rejoice because the cross shines brightly. It shines brightly through the darkness into your life as good news that your life has been saved from eternal destruction on the shores of sin. Amen.